from holding hands and throwing fists. <laughs> Welcome to the Holy Hands and Throwing Fist podcast. I got the mic. And I have the opinions. This is episode 2U. U is for underhook. An underhook is a clinch hold that is used in grappling to control the opponent. It is performed from any direction by putting an arm under the opponent's arm and holding the opponent's miss, uh, midsection or upper body. Having an underhook with one arm is called a single underhook, while having underhooks with both arms is known as double underhooks. This typically, the typical response on underhook is to try to break it or to establish an overhook. George got a little tongue-tied there because you can't see the visual, but he was showing you the single underhook and the double underhook with his arms. So just picture that. Yeah. (laughs) And I was trying to actually read a definition instead of just saying it. And that's why I'm dumb. Uh, Babe, there's a lot been going on. Can you give us a quick recap of uh, what happened? Yes. So let's rewind to UFC Fight Night 174. It was Saturday, July 25th. We were speaking about it because George was rooting for Robert Whitaker, former champ. I was rooting for Darren Till. So here's just like the quick rundown of who we might have spoken about, but we don't really remember. But Mm -hmm. it's at least who we care about. Whitaker beat Till. Shogun beat Nogueira, Verdum beat Gustafsson, super sad, and some other winners that night were Carla Esparza, Brazilian Cowboy, Paul Craig, and this one makes me really sad because I know we were talking about Reese McKee. Um, He got beaten uh, in his first UFC fight. All good. It was short notice. Um, It was definitely a bummer. And that guy's a killer. I don't. I I can't pronounce his last name yet. Is it Shemiev? I think so. He's, he's a, already calling out Connor, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, a super killer. He's mini Habib. Um, cool. So then, UFC Fight Island three was last Saturday. Since we're continuing with the rundown, August first is a small card. Only eight fights. Uh, that was it. There was only eight fights because they had mad complications from COVID. Correct? Yeah, and then Holly was already off the card because her opponent couldn't fight. I can't even remember. Yeah, we're not telling this story the best way possible, but it was a bad card in terms of maintaining everything. But considering how many fights the UFC have put on since this whole pandemic has started, it wasn't even that bad. This Uh, was on Fight Island, though? I think so. Okay. That's what our uh, stats team has given us. (laughs) Derek Brunson beat uh, Shabazian uh, pretty soundly. Uh, Maya beat Calderwood. Uh, Vicente Luque beat Brown. And other winners of the night were Bobby Green, Martinez, and uh, Maness. I don't know. I I put put actually that in the notes because I wanted to hear how you pronounce it. Whatever, nothing like super extraordinary to specifically talk about. So you know what that means. Just fucking around? No, straight to the top five, motherfucker. Oh, wait a second. No, we didn't tell our audience about the cool opportunity that we had. So uh, just circling back to the top, there I use the professional term, uh, Darren Till... Spoke to the media after his loss to Robert Whitaker. How could we forget this? Yeah, but I was... Excuse me. I I was going to include it in my number one in the top five. Oh, all right. So let's just do it there. (laughs) Hit the top five music. So number one on our top five is Robert Whitaker. 
I admit I did not pick him to win. I wanted Darren Till to win. However, he he definitely deserves to be number one in our top five. He had really a just an amazing fight against Darren Till. Like they were they both looked really good, but it wasn't painful to watch. No one was getting their ass kicked, but they were both just showing really good skills. After the fight, I think Whitaker said that was like the most technical fight he's ever been in. Mm-hmm. Um this is not going to surprise any of our friends. George fell asleep during the fight. Luckily, my mom was over that weekend. And she's like, I'll just watch the first round and then go to sleep. She stayed up for the full five-round fight that George was just snoring through because she was so impressed. Not only like did she enjoy watching the fight, which is awesome. I think we've definitely like converted her. She watched... Um, their like post fight quick little interviews and was just like they're so nice this is what i like to watch and i was all like me too (laughs) um but speaking of post fight interviews we love when a fighter loses a good fight and and they put themselves out there to be interviewed so this is our exciting news this week tell them babe all right so uh the next morning uh, we were still in New York, and with the time difference and all this stuff, uh, Darren Till did a like mini press conference, and uh, I got to ask a few questions. So let, let me just insert them here. Hi, Darren. Great performance tonight. Just wanted to ask, now that you've fought both middleweight and welterweight, uh, do you feel a difference in uh, the punches? I think the welterweights have probably got more power because I got knocked out by one, so... Uh, I just fought two massive strikers in the middleweight division. Awesome. Uh, we were huge fans of you coming out to Sweet Caroline and the big entrance that it made when you were fighting in front of fans. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about your decision not to come out to Sweet Caroline tonight? It just didn't seem necessary. Sweet Caroline is for the fans. And uh, it just didn't seem necessary. It's just... Everything was different, so I wanted to be different as well. No music, get in there, fight five rounds and, and, and come out and, and, and that's it. So I, I just didn't feel like uh, I didn't feel like any music. It just And that was our first fighter interviewed on Holding Hands and Throwing Fists. He's just so likable. Yeah, he really is. He's the man. Um Yeah, so I don't know where to go from here, so I just also want to defend myself one quick second. Uh or not even defend myself, whatever. Your mom did watch the fight. The next morning, she recapped the fight to me. Yes, she and did. I just want to say that she did it so well. She explained how technical they were, how it went back and forth for five rounds, but Robert Whitaker still clearly won, even though there wasn't anything completely devastating that happened. And then she said the fight did end super bloody, which is true, but she didn't understand because it must have been Till whose blood it was, but it didn't look like it was Till because he was he lost the last half of the last of the last round very decisively. And then we found out later that it was Whitaker who was cut on the side of the head that you remembered and you brought it back. So she was right even about that. She was right about even something she didn't know she was right about. <laughs> so shout outs to G. Totes. Alright, number two in our top five is Derek Brunson. He fought last week and he fought uh, Shabazian, uh, Edmund Shabazian, yeah. who is a young kid, undefeated, super good, uh, but clearly a, a case of the hype train. And I just want to take 
He's so young. He's so he's young. So he's, young. he's a baby. He's a baby. He's still a baby. He's 22. And he's fighting Derek Ronson. So I think one of the big themes of Holding Hands and Throwing Fists is that we shed light on people who might not get uh, uh, media attention elsewhere or might not get the respect because we just like showering people with love and respect. I'm going to go through Derek Brunson's record real fast. And I want you to hear these names. Even if you're not a super huge MMA fan, you're just a casual. You're going to recognize these names. So Derek Brunson went 9-0, right? Then he lost to Kendall Grove. His first loss was a split decision to Kendall Grove, uh, who at the time had already fought in the UFC. Uh, Derek Brunson hadn't at the time yet. Then he loses to Jacare. He beats Chris Weidman. He loses to Yoel Romero. No shame in that, right? Then he goes on to fight and wins some, loses some, but still fights this murderer's row of <laughs> Lorenz Larkin, Ed Herman, Smiling Sam Alvey, Uriah Hall, Robert Whitaker, who we just spoke about, Anderson Silva, the GOAT, who that fight was uh, known as one of the worst fights of all time, and also was that night in Brooklyn where I went to my first UFC uh... event with my brother with the flu. So... We'll do a dedicated podcast just to that night one time. Yeah. Leona Machida fights Jacare again, fights Israel Adesanya in his last... Granted, he, he lost. Yeah, Israel last. gave him his last loss. But still, he fought all these murderers, then uh, started stringing together a three-fight win streak with wins over Elias Theodoru, Ian Heinish, and now Edmund Shabazian. So put some respect on his fucking name. That's, That's it? Yeah, Derek That's Brunson. Right, You're here, man. Um, but let's move on, because we didn't actually mention the fights that are happening this weekend. So, number three on our top five. Oh, man. Um, you guys, I think, know by now, anytime I'm really excited, or or both of us, and that's our problem, we're also really nervous. <laughs> so, number three on our top five is Chris Weidman. He's fighting this weekend. I am so pumped. He's our boy from Baldwin, Long Island. And I was just remembering as I was typing up our notes, I think my friend James went to high school with him. And yeah. that's pretty cool. So Chris Weidman is a former champ. He lost his last two fights, which I'm, I'm okay with because then I had to look who he lost to. He lost to Dominic Reyes, who recently beat John Jones in my eyes, but not <laughs> the dummy judge's eyes. And he also lost to Jacare Souza. So fine. I was like, that's not so bad. But then he only won one fight in his last five. So we're rooting for you, Chris Weidman. But why I love you and why you're so Long Island or and or just so New York is like his big quote from the media this week was, I need to get a freaking W. Can't you just hear him? Straight to the point. He's Team Longo Sarah, and I am Team Weidman Longo Sarah. Let's get it. Let's get it. Uh, also, Anna's obsessed with Coach uh, Ray Longo from Long Island, and I always thought that she would leave me for someone, but not for... <laughs> Please don't Google him. Don't 55-year-old <laughs> man named Ray Longo. L-O-N-G-O. Don't Google him. He called for. me buddy! <laughs> <laughs> Instagram. I tagged him in something and he wrote back, thanks, buddy. (laughs) He's your best friend. We're basically BFFs and everyone knows that's how a good relationship starts. (laughs) 
Maybe maybe he'll be our second uh, interview on um, Holding Hands and Throwing Fist. Although, probably not because he's busy with Anakin Florian all the time. Yeah, true. Um, number four on the top five is this weekend's fight of Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek. And uh, I just want to call it out because, you know, anytime Derek Lewis fights, I need to let Jamie know. So. I know! <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how Jamie feels about being synonymous with Derek Lewis slash my balls was hot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think she feels pretty good about it. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll double check. We'll also, she'll be our, our third interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, but... Are you forgetting we interviewed John Jones, actually? Oh, we did interview John Jones. That's how long the Holy Hands of Fist podcast has been around for. Can't even remember. Can't even keep track. Wild. Wild. Uh, yeah, I'm a little... I think it's just summertime and everything's all uh, crazy and all over the place. Uh, I don't really know how I feel about fights right now. We've also had a bunch of really good fights, so I'm just excited, I guess, to see Derek Lewis and Alexi Olenek. I got nothing else to say besides that. Let's just see how it goes. All right. That's, that's good, because actually... Number five on our top five, we, we have a lot going on. Shame on us, I believe, for not mentioning that Bellator was back. It wasn't last weekend. It was the weekend before that. I should have mentioned it because I knew about it. Um, however, maybe we didn't mention it because it was a little eh. It was like a fine card. Sergio Pettis um, fought and won. And we like him because he's Anthony Pettis's brother. And if you didn't know, Anthony Pettis and Billy Dean are basically the same person. Yeah. Um, also on that first card was Aaron Pico. We've definitely spoken about him. And he won. Um, but whatever. Too late. Can't go back in time. So let's make number five talking about this week's Bellator card. Cool. And also, don't forget, I think the reason why we missed talking about the Bellator is because we were flying back from Abu Dhabi. When we had uh, Fight Island out there, the first couple ones. Okay, that's true. So. And when you're that immersed in UFC, it's yeah, like, that's do other organizations exist? We fucking drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah, man. And isn't it fun? You you achieve your dreams. You get flown to Abu Dhabi to go watch fights. And then all of a sudden you come back and you don't give a fuck about anything else. No, we do. I do. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to talk about Bellator <laughs> this weekend. It's uh, uh, Friday night. So we're going to have fights Friday and Saturday. Uh, Bellator will be on Friday, and it's Chandler versus Henderson 2. Michael Chandler is... Uh, we're big fans of Michael Chandler. Oh my gosh, I love him. Yeah, he's awesome. He always uh, replies back to us on Instagram, and we actually definitely should get him on the fucking podcast because he's great. He's got a great story. We've seen him fight live before. He's fighting Betson Henderson, who uh, you may or may not know. He was one of the first people to leave the UFC as the premier mixed martial arts organization in the world to go to Bellator as Bellator made this push to expand and sign people and offer them more money and really kind of take care of the fighters in a way that they weren't taken care of in the UFC. Um, so I'm just excited to see this fight. They fought once before in 2016. Michael Chandler won a uh, split decision and actually won the championship belt from Benson, Benson Henderson. I always think that's unfortunate. I think that when you win a split decision... You can't really take the belt, but whatever, Chandler... You win, babe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. all right. That's why I'm a loser. Uh, (laughs) But Chandler was a great champion, and uh, I'm excited to see this fight. I hope uh, they both bring it. Chandler is... Michael Chandler on Instagram... Oh, do we want both to win? I don't know. I I do want both to win, but I'm so on top of the Michael Chandler train, and Mm. I don't know how good Benson Henderson is going to be. Okay, fair. So we'll see. We'll see. Fair, fair. Um, 
But then also, the, the only other fight that even you're kind of care about at all on the Bellator card is Matt Mitrione versus Timothy Johnson, which is cool. Let's see Matt Mitrione, uh, how he performs, and uh, Timothy Johnson, I'm just curious to see how his facial hair is. Babe, do you know what his facial hair looks like? Yeah, I saw a stash, yeah, some, know, stash some stash action. I, I didn't see him, like, this week, so... And I really just think that we're obviously big Bellator fans, uh, not the biggest, because <laughs> <laughs> there hasn't been much going on this whole uh, coronavirus uh situation but uh bellator man this is your chance you got to do something like make the fucking transitions between fights faster just i don't know you you got to figure it out this is your chance make it super super watcher friendly and uh mm-hmm. stop trying to keep it like you know you, you're making fights with fifteen thousand people watching because that's not happening in the arena like you just got to go one into the other or so, True. Right. Especially their cards are smaller. Scott Coker, um, CEO of Bellator, hit us up. We got ideas. And just to shout out, because as much as George just shit on the card, there are other fighters fighting on Friday night. We care about Miles Jury is fighting. He's a former UFC fighter. He won his last fight. We want him to win. Adam Borix is fighting. We watched him live beat our boy Aaron Pico, but I'll never forget it because he was on Luke Thomas's last MMA hour when he was hosting and I was famous because of that show because I called in and they actually put me on air. So me, Lukey Bear, and Adam Borks are basically best friends just like me and Ray Longo. Yeah. I have a lot of best friends. You're in you're in it. I'm in it. You're in the scene. I'm in it. Also, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's last name, but you guys know I love Rooting for people to lose, and boy, oh boy, do I want this guy to lose. AJ Agazarm? I don't even know how to say yeah. I don't know. Let's just go with AJ. He's a fucking asshole. So (laughs) he's early on in the card, exactly where he should be, because he's a nobody who thinks he's hot shit. So if you want to root for someone to lose, I said, just look at his face. Google his face. You're going to join my train. (laughs) Yeah, Google it. Uh, follow us on social media on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, for the next four days, we're going to be, uh, quarantined with my family in a rented house near the beach. So I'm going to be drinking heavily, heavily, heavily with, uh, one of our most famous listeners, Billy Alexander and you, um, (laughs) to deal with everything and watch the fights. So maybe we might, uh, interact with you on social media. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. This episode was brought to you by our newest loyal listener, Janine, repping Staten Island. Thanks, girl.